This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we have an action-packed agenda. We'll be talking with blogger, podcaster, and near-do-well Peter Cohen. I wonder what he thinks of that. We'll also hear from Josh Centers from Tidbits and Take Control Books. Lots of excitement to talk about on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have prominent podcaster, blogger, near do well, Peter Cohen. Do you like the last title I gave you? Yes, I do. Thank you very much, Gene. Okay. Well, we're so happy to have you back on here. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And I want to first talk briefly about iPhone sales. We know they're down. But the star in iPhone sales is this iPhone SE, where they've basically had problems getting enough to keep in stock. Why do you think the iPhone SE has become so popular? Because it's cheap? Because it has that four-inch screen that maybe is just enough for some people? I think there are a lot of reasons for it. I think that the size of the screen is is certainly a factor that's driving um, a, a certain number of consumers to it. Not everyone was happy with Apple's change to the larger format screens with the introduction of the iPhone 6. And in fact, you know, some people complained when the iPhone 5 appeared and was a larger screen or had a larger screen than this than the devices before it. So, you know, this is not a new phenomenon where, you know, people don't necessarily want the latest and greatest. They're more comfortable with maybe technology that they think is more robust because it's a form factor that they're more familiar with. There could be some truth to that, too. I mean, you know, how many people do you know have shattered the screens in their iPhone 6 compared to their iPhone 5s? You know, that's a good question. I was talking yesterday to a real estate person. She told me her 4-inch iPhone screen was smashed. So I tend to think the largest screen, there is more of a risk because it's always a little bit more difficult to get in and out of your pocket. You feel clumsier. So maybe there's that. Has anyone done a survey of it? I don't know if anyone has. So that's just my supposition based on anecdotes. But, you know, it's, it, it, it could be. So I think there's that. I think that the, the price is a big factor. You know, um, people are, are getting wise to the sort of grifting that goes on when you finance your phone through your carrier. And uh, you know, fewer carriers are subsidizing, too, which means that people are looking for values to buy their phones out outright. And if you buy your phone outright, then it's worth more when you go and try to resell it later when a new model comes out that you want more. So there are a lot of good reasons to pay for a, a good, cheap iPhone in full and be done with it. In the old days, as we all know, the carriers would give you a two-year contract. And you pay something up front. And in a sense, they were burying the price of the phone. Even worse, you paid for the phone forever. If you bought a phone on a two-year contract and you kept it four years, they'd be making all that extra money. So now they've unbundled it, partly because of the 
uncarrier promotion from T-Mobile that's been very successful. So now you buy service and then you buy the phone in some way. One way is to finance it over time, either through your credit card or they have financing plans from the major carriers. So, for example, the iPhone SE costs $399. But you can get it for $16.66 a month or something. $666. Kind of a strange price from Apple. So you can pay it out. But then you look at that and you're saying, oh, wait a minute, I'm paying this much for a phone. When I pay off that phone, the bill goes down by that much. And my phone's working fine. Why do I need to upgrade? Isn't that part of the philosophy there? That is indeed part of the philosophy. So, you know, the nice thing is Apple makes a lot of different products to fit a lot of different customers' needs and and, and pocketbooks, for that matter. So I I don't think that that we should discount the uh, popularity of the iPhone SE as a fluke. Um, I'm just curious to see how Apple will keep the ball rolling in the future because um, obviously the the iPhone SE was was a nice place to start. Where else does Apple think that it has markets that it can tap? You know, Apple has said for a very long time when it comes to, I remember more than a decade ago, when personal computers were still relevant and were still a growing market, the low end of the market was exploding with netbooks and with uh, other inexpensive PCs that you could pick up at you know, Walmart for 100 or 200 bucks. Apple was questioned repeatedly by analysts, um, why aren't you building computers for the low end of the market? And the answer came back very simply, because we can't build good computers that are that inexpensive. Uh, that are that cheap. We just can't do it. We can't build the kind of computer that we want to build uh, for that little money, so we're not going to do it. Now, that reminds me of a statement made during a conference call in the fall of 2005 when Apple was asked the same thing, what about a cheap Mac? And they said, of course, we don't build junk. I think that was the phrase they made. We don't build junk, that's right. Exactly. And then January of the next year, they introduced the Mac Mini. Now that wasn't cheap junk. That was four ninety nine computer, probably slightly above average price. You needed to add your display and your mouse and your keyboard. But if you had a perfectly decent old PC there where the input devices are in good shape, it was a perfect computer. In fact, what bothers me is that Apple's kind of ignored it. I think it's a great way to get into the Mac. It's a great way to have a second computer. And for many people, it's powerful enough to be their yeah, only it- computer. It's a gateway drug if you're replacing a desktop PC, which at the time in 2005, many people were. The bar has moved a lot to 2016 where everybody's buying laptops. So I don't think the Mac Mini necessarily has the same relevance in terms of why it was created and and what it was there for. It's still a good value. I would posit that the entry-level model is a doorstop. It's complete garbage, but uh, you can get a good Mac Mini if you know what you're doing and and want to put some money into it. Therein lies the rub, though. You can get a much better overall user experience by picking up a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro uh, than you can with a Mac Mini, not spending a lot more money than you would on the Mac Mini to make it actually a usable machine. Now, a Mac Mini is also used as a web server, there are a couple of companies out there that have them in data centers. You find more of the previous generation of Mac Mini being used as a server because um, that previous generation, the 2012 model, actually had an option um, to put a quad-core 
microprocessor inside, which made a big difference for server operations. Unfortunately, because of pinout changes that Intel made with the Haswell microprocessor that the 2014 Mac minis use, that option is no longer available from the factory because the actual pin configuration for the quad core and dual core Haswell chips is different. So Apple went dual core on all the Mac minis, meaning you can't get a Mac mini in a real good server rig out anymore either. So it was Intel's fault this happened. Yeah. It because was, otherwise it, it, they would have had to have designed two separate models for each processor, which would make sense because only a fraction of the people would use the quad core. Let me tell you something, though. For several months, we tested it. So we made a deal with one of the companies that provides Mac mini servers. And it's kind of complex to set it up because we use Linux here for our web server. Sorry about that, folks. And so they had a virtual machine, a Linux virtual machine on that server. And we installed a control panel, which is called cPanel, in case anyone has ever heard of it. We ran our sites off it for several months, and nobody could tell the difference. Now, on the long haul, I'd be concerned about a Mac Mini because, you know, with a web server, you need 24-7 service. And these huge servers you see... In data centers, they have multiple power supplies. You can quickly swap out parts if something goes bad with a tiny Mac Mini. Literally, if they go bad, the only thing you can do is maybe swap out the drive or something. Because we had like a couple of external drives on it. So it's not as easy, not as convenient. And certainly, it's not going to sustain itself year after year with the kind of rugged service you need. Especially if your server is constantly getting high traffic as we are. So it worked out. In terms of a smaller site or a back office, they were great. And I think Apple should see if there's anything they can do with the newer processors to allow quad-core again. We have Peter Cohen, a great blogger and commentator and podcaster. We've got more to talk about with him. And we'll go back to the iPhone SE and iPhones and Apple's bounty on people who can find security leaks. We'll talk more about that on the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and
and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year, in addition to the emotional stress on employees and their families. That's why Famous Footwear is committed to raising funds to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in the March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. First things first, we have a special feature of the Tech Night Out Live, and we call it Tech Night Out Plus. What's Tech Night Out Plus? Well, the way it works is this. We offer a commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. So when Peter Cohen is on, he sounds just great. Strange thing is, I sound the same, no matter what kind of microphone and what kind of bit rate. Something, I don't know, maybe that's something, I must be an ET or something. Whatever it is, I sound the same, but the guests just sound better. And we offer this for a low subscription rate, all right? It's kind of like, you know, with what used to be Hulu and Hulu Plus, where if you want less commercials, you paid more money. Well, you want to pay some money, you get commercial free, Check plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. And we were talking here about the Mac Mini and its use as a server. And, of course, Apple hasn't updated since 2014. The current Intel processor families, they still require different pinouts for dual-core and quad-core, or do you know? 
I haven't kept up to date on uh, what's going on with Broadwell, so I couldn't tell you. You know, it's kind of unfortunate that they do it. But, you know, still, I like the Mac Mini. Why hasn't Apple updated it? Certainly there have been newer Intel processors. It ought to work a little faster. Well, uh, the Mac Mini is indicative of the same situation that I think we're in it just in general with the Mac, which is that Apple's been sort of moribund when it comes to updating it. You know, the, the last significant change that we saw to the, the Mac platform was the introduction of the MacBook, the USB-C equipped MacBook, and the, the 5K iMac. Beyond that, there really haven't been much changes um, to the rest of the product line in some time. And uh, industry-wide, we've seen a you know significant drop-off in PC sales. That's affected uh, the sales of Macintosh computers as well, uh, both on the laptop and the desktop end. People are finding fewer and fewer reasons to have uh, desktop and, and laptop computers when they can do so much of their work with mobile devices. You know, Apple may have uh, sold fewer iPhones recently, but Apple's still selling billions and billions of dollars of iPhones every year. And the thing is here, if you look at the sales of the iPhone, we get into this for a moment, in certain parts of the world, like the larger countries of Europe, the UK, the US, iPhone sales were up year over year with the last quarter. But sales dropped in India and China because of financial headwinds, especially in China. And they get sales back there on an even keel. They can probably improve again. But that's an interesting thing. Wherever you are in the world, it's a different picture. So in terms of smartphones the iphone is doing very well it's a big cash cow for apple and the iphone se i think has prevented a further drop in sales it's opened up a whole area they've carved out with a new model new parts smaller screen more convenient for a lot of people like your friend and my friend kirk McElhern. he loves the four inch he never got into the bigger iphones kirk is a big enthusiast of the four inch screen and good for him you know i'm thinking about what to do when I have to replace my iPhone 6. And I may very well, um, you know, appreciate a smaller phone uh, because I do find the iPhone 6 a little unwieldy sometimes. You know, it just seems like a lot of uh, phone to carry around and keep track of sometimes in my pocket. And sometimes I would like something a little bit smaller. So on my next upgrade cycle, I'll be taking a close look at what Apple has to offer and trying to figure out what I should get. We'll go back to Max in a moment. I want to just segue back to the iPhone. Do you think Apple made a mistake to restrict the smaller iPhones to the older models and before the iPhone SE came out? Was that a game of catch-up for them, or they just misjudged it? I think that they misjudged the pent-up demand for uh, the smaller iPhone models, for sure. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having the difficulty that they've had ramping up production. Now, let's not be coy Apple and its manufacturing partners in China certainly have the aptitude and have demonstrated the ability um, to put large-scale production into effect very quickly. So I do suspect that whatever production backlog Apple has is maybe not artificially created, but is not something that Apple has been in a hurry to loosen the valve on because it enables them to exit the quarter saying, look, we've still got a backlog of all this stuff. And that, you know, that helps its its position on Wall Street. Um, that that helps its it, it manage expectations for the following quarter. So it's it's smart manufacturing and smart 
uh, smart market manipulation by Apple more than anything. Now, in reverse, what happens with a company like Samsung is they flood the channel with product to make it look as if sales are really high. With Apple, it's fashionable to say, hey, demand is so high, we can't keep up. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's lying on both ends, right? Samsung is basically saying, hey, look at me, look at how popular my new Note 7 is. You know, Apple is saying, oh, look at me, look at how popular my new iPhone SE is. You guys are both kind of playing a shell game with the consumer. It takes, it takes it, it, a careful eye to stay on the ball there to figure out uh, what, what exactly is going on. I'm not suggesting any conspiracy theories. This is just basic, you know, market forces at work. This is the way that, that, that companies build interest in products and, and maintain demand and, and, and buoy the, the, the stock valuation of their products. Is there a risk, though, that if Apple doesn't produce enough product, people who might be on the fence about iOS or Android, and I think most people probably don't see a difference, they'll just buy the Samsung next time. Oh, I don't think there's uh, really a, a concern about, you know, losing out to Android per se. I think that uh, one of the, th- well, I, maybe, maybe not. I, I, I don't really know how to answer that, to be perfectly frank with you. I, I think that, that um, at, at least based on my experience watching Apple, Apple um, wants to define the market segments it's, it's in rather than react to them. Um, so what... Samsung might be doing with its products is ultimately of probably fairly little interest to what's going on with Apple. Well, whatever it is, they have their philosophy and I guess it's going to work. I assume now that the iPhone SE or that form factor will now get regular upgrades and be kept current with current hardware, although maybe they'll release it in a staggered way to keep up interest in the iPhone. So you have a new model coming out in September, and then in March you bring out something else, maybe the iPhone SE successor, just to keep the sales up a bit more. You know, Apple takes the same approach to its products that you see from a premium car manufacturer, like a Mercedes or a BMW, right? Um, You will experience abilities on the high-end products that you don't get on the low-end products. Now, you're still getting a premium experience, a premium consumer experience, regardless of whether you're driving, you know, a, a three-series coupe or, you know, a seven-series sedan in, in, in BMW parlance, but there's a big spread between them. And, you know, the same spread exists between Mercedes or, you know, any kind of premium product. You're going to have features that, that are exclusive to the high-end and um, lost functionality on the low end. We've got more to come with Peter Cohen. We're talking about Apple's marketing plan and about where the price tiers and product tiers lie. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. ProPure water filters, making water great again. Taste and feel the difference with state-of-the-art filter technology. Pro1 G2.0 and ProMax filters are independent lab-tested to NSF standards. Choose from gravity, countertop, pitcher, shower, and inline filtration products. There's a ProPure for you. Buy risk-free today. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. 
In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 100 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. You'll earn the same degree as you would on campus, from wherever you are, on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For information, call 1-800-933-1430. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 90% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degrees, call 1-800-933-1430. That's 1-800-933-1430. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg with Peter Cohen, 
and we're talking about Apple and marketing and why things happen. Now, with the iPhone SE, though, most everything in there is very much like the iPhone 6S, except it doesn't have 3D touch. So in that respect, it's pretty close. But I grant you the difference between a BMW 2 Series and a 7 Series or something like that. Of course, just as an aside, because I'm a car nut, I notice here in Europe, a Mercedes or a BMW is very common for cabs, but they don't have all the luxury nonsense. So shorn of all the luxury extras, they don't cost much more in a regular car. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, luxury is in the eye of the beholder, I guess, which is why GM tried to uh, recreate Buick as a uh, luxury brand in, um, in China, or as an aspirational brand in, in China. You know what? The Buick Regal is doing very well in this country. It is an amazing car, just talking about that. Anyway. Let's go back to Apple. Yeah, get, let's go back to Apple and, and get back on track. My point being, yeah, they're, they're going to have to evolve the iPhone SE, but they're also going to have to keep the iPhone SE out of reach of the iPhone 7, let's say, you know, in terms of functionality, because they've got to give people an incentive to buy the more expensive, uh, more fully featured product. And they've got to have that product there as a showcase for new technology that you don't find elsewhere. Having said that, I think Apple is pretty democratic about getting that technology down as it makes sense. You know, getting Touch ID, for example, across as much of the product line as it, as, as it has, as quickly as it has. Uh, and finding neat ways for them all to work together with technology like Handoff, for example, which is getting even better with iOS 10 and macOS Sierra, where I'll be able to, for, for example, unlock my Macintosh with my Apple Watch. I can't wait to be able to do that. I'm so excited. At least you have an Apple Watch. I have a $12.88 Walmart watch. Which, you know, which one of us is smarter? That is a very good question. Well, right now it's running about 10 seconds fast. So every few months I've got to slow it down. Other than that, I'm on the second year of this watch. I've had one battery replacement for $5 at Walmart. $5 and change. And I figure after two years I'll just trade it in. Unless, of course, you know I have a financial windfall and Apple does something with the next Apple Watch. In the meantime, though, this is something where you have to put on your tea leaves hat or prognosticator's hat. Do you think we're over the worst of the iPhone sales fall now? No. No, I don't. I think that we'll get good news, we'll get bad news. The market will go up, the market will go down. Apple will sell many products, Apple won't sell as many products. The, the funny thing is, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm divested enough from you know, from, from from what's going on behind the scenes in Cupertino these days, that I really don't have a clear, you know, crystal ball for you about what the next nine to 12 months are going to look like for the iPhone. But clearly, there are a lot of market forces at work that are beyond Apple's direct control. And this has become a very different situation uh, than it was a couple of years ago, where, you know, every new product from Apple was just a, a giant hit, complete out of the park home run. You know, the technology across the board has improved. Things are getting a lot more competitive. Currency markets are, are, are affecting Apple's um, ability to sell things. And what we do see, though, is, in a, is this huge, huge market potential in markets like China and India. And as Apple finds ways to get its products into the hands of the burgeoning middle class in both those areas, it's got growth potential for years to come. But it's not the only company that's that, that, that's there, and it's not going to be a walk in the park for them. So, you know, things are things are a little uncertain. That's why we hear so much about secret skunkworks projects that Apple might have work, 
working on like Project Titan, you know, is Apple making a self-driving car? Well, who knows? But, you know, Apple is investing a, a very significant portion of its annual revenue in research and development. And a lot of that R&D is stuff that we never hear about. So you can count on Apple continuing to try to innovate and disrupt markets, existing markets, create new markets, uh, wherever it thinks it can make sense and wherever it thinks that it can improve the lives of its customers. Apple is not afraid to eat its own dog food and also not afraid to cannibalize products. So, for example, the best iPod in 2007 was the first iPhone. Over the years, it pretty much destroyed the guts of the iPod market. I mean, you can still buy an iPod and you still get one for as low as $49. And there's still a need or a desire for the product. But the sales are a fraction of what they used to be. But it doesn't matter because the iPhone was the next great thing. Now, I think we've reached a point also in smartphones where, just like personal computers, what you have is good enough. There'll be a point where maybe the operating system can't be upgraded on. Maybe then you'll buy a new one or something. But otherwise, the incentive to upgrade every two years is really not there as much as it used to be. We're seeing that with the iPad, where people are keeping them longer and not worrying about the next model being a tad faster, and certainly with personal computers. We see more and more people with five, six, seven-year-old Macs or PCs. As long as they hold up and they're still running, they are good enough. It's hard to persuade people to say, make a new investment. In these economic times, that's not an easy argument to make. That is correct. You know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. About the Mac, then, of course, the argument being that where are the new Macs? We had a new MacBook. Now there's a story that there's going to be a major upgrade for the MacBook Pro that might be coming. There's going to have this touch screen layer on top that's contact sensitive atop the keyboard where you get different options. And I guess that makes it neater to use. And maybe they'll make it a little thinner and lighter or something like that. And I guess that'll be something nice. <laughs> for the MacBook Pro? Yeah, we'll see. It's an interesting idea, this uh, this, uh, this concept of this OLED-driven uh, uh, interface on the keyboard that um, is that contextually aware and changes um, so you can have a new interface to do things. I think it's a great idea. Whether or not it'll actually be in a product that we can get our hands on is a different story. You know, Apple hasn't announced that this is actually happening. So I take all rumors with a grain of salt until I actually see an announced product around them. But having said that, uh, you know, that's that's one thing. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 is another thing that, that I'm pretty excited about because it means that Macs could get even smaller. Uh, because I wonder if Thunderbolt 3's... Um, uh, interface requirements is USB-C. So, you know, we could uh, have a USB-C-equipped MacBook uh, Pro, which would mean it could be even thinner than before. And beyond that, you know, they're, they're the requisite processor and graphics improvements that we can look forward to and, uh, you know, some other nice things. But uh, we'll, we, we will see what happens. I think the big question mark here is the Mac Pro. It's three years. Have there been enough improvements, though, in processor technology, the Intel Xeon, for it to make sense to upgrade that model? Well, the very irony of it is that when the um, Mac Pro first shipped in 2013 now, um, it shipped with last year's stuff inside of it. It wasn't a particularly cutting-edge machine. Um, and there were reasons for that. Apple builds these things to be extremely, extremely 
fault tolerant, and that requires them to to, to use um, uh, server uh, processors, Xeon processors. So they wanted to make sure that they had the most you know, road tested, if you will, uh, ones available. So they went with Ivory Bridge E, which was an older uh, model of the the microprocessor that Intel uh, was putting in uh, prior to that year's Max. And that hasn't changed. Those Xeon processors are are the same Xeon processors that are being used today. Um, The AMD uh, GPUs that are used in those are the same models that were introduced three years ago as well. So that turbine is very long in the tooth. Having said that, the Mac Pro is also a very specialized device that does some things extremely well, even today, um, compared to the fastest iMac, compared to the fastest MacBook Pro. So if you have a need for one, uh, you know, the Mac Pro makes a lot of sense. But you've got to be somebody who's doing uh, chemical engineering or uh, 3D visualization, or uh, maybe you're in digital video or digital audio. And you need some of the more sophisticated signal processing capabilities that that thing uh, has as this huge parallel processing pump. Let's do our break here and we'll get more into that. With Peter Cohen and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Ally. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkeysoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Ely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-9859. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-9859. Call 1-800-958-9859. 1-800-958-9859. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. The point that Peter Cohen is making here on the Tech Night Owl Live is that the Mac Pro is a specialized product for a specialized audience. It's probably fairly small because a fully decked out iMac serves most of the needs. So we're talking here about this particular audience that's willing to spend up to $10,000 plus accessories for a fully equipped computer. In saying that, I noticed a reference from the famous Macalope the other day in one of his columns where he very seriously said and suggested that today's Intel Xeon processors aren't really a whole lot better. So maybe it doesn't make sense at this point or up till now for Apple to really change that much. Exactly. Apple, you know, makes those doesn't make those decisions in a vacuum, right? They look at what what's available and figure out if it's enough it's enough of a difference um, to to make a difference. But the point that I'm trying to make is that the Mac Pro, despite its really beautiful industrial design, wasn't the most cutting edge machine on the planet processor-wise to begin with, it was attractive for a lot of other reasons. You know, the wealth of Thunderbolt ports, the uh, dual GPU uh, options, the completely solid state design. There were a lot of things to make it a very attractive machine, but uh, the processor stuff wasn't really one of those big things. Having said that, yeah, the goalposts have moved. Absolutely. And there would be incremental improvements if Apple were to adopt new processors. I think it's unfair to say that, that nothing would change. 
Well, again, it's not just whether the processor is 5 or 10% faster. It is the multiple cores with the specialized work. And maybe Apple is planning something there with the Mac Pro. You know, it would have been easier, and this is what Tim Cook did a couple of years ago before they got the 2013 Mac Pro, to say to people, reassure Mac users, hey, we've got some stuff coming this fall. True or not, but at least there has to be to some extent that you'll really dig. Say something, two sentences. Make people feel better. Do you think any large number of Mac users, though, are sitting on the sidelines as a result? No, I think that people buy when they need to to, to buy. I, I, I don't buy the idea that there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. I think that there's probably some, but for, for something like that, you buy as you need it. You don't really, you know, wait. I think the situation there is that there's the assumption that everybody's a power user, everybody's well-connected with the Internet, and they look at all these sites saying, well, Apple's overdue for an upgrade. No, they don't do that. They'll check out prices and such when they're ready to buy and see what's current and what's good, and that's about it. Now, maybe some people are used to the fact that Apple will upgrade a Mac, at least most of the Macs, every year or so. So there might be concern there. But I think for most people, oh, my hard drive failed or this is going bad or whatever it is, I'll just get a new computer. They go online to Apple or go to an Apple store or a third-party dealer and they buy something. They don't get crazily involved in all the, the optics that you and I look at. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. We get we get, go down the rabbit hole quite a bit. The fact of the matter is that consumers... Um, uh, for for most of these devices, are driven by a very different set of needs, you know. And it is I've I've got a problem I need to solve now, you know. What's the best product for it? And get don't get lost in the weeds with the, uh, well, when is this going to be updated? How long has this been around? Blah blah blah. Some do, you know. There, there's certainly a, a few of those people out there, and you know, you, it, it, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But for the most part, it's it's just not the case. And that, of course, is very similar to. What happens with, I think, with iPhones, too? People have been more interested in getting iPhones when a new model comes out because they're accustomed to that annual event. But anything breaks that up, things might just change. Let's move to other topics, security. And, of course, there's a story now, by the way, that millions and millions of Volkswagens may be subject to some kind of security hack that impacts your key fobs, when opening the car. So as a Volkswagen owner, I'm right now feeling paranoid. Let's go past that. Story comes out of Las Vegas that Apple is going to offer up to $200,000 bounty for each software bug that they find makes Apple products less secure. That's a story in USA Today. You've heard about that, right? Yes, indeed. So what can you tell us? About what? This is very unusual for Apple. In the past, you know... It seemed almost as if they accepted those reports grudgingly. Now they're saying, you got something, we want it. Well, look, the, the, the company made the announcement at Black Hat, uh, which is an annual um, computer security conference in Las Vegas. Um, you know, Apple hasn't up until now, and Apple is, is doing it. I don't make a, a big deal, or I, I don't see that it's a really big deal. It's just a change in policy, really, more than anything. Well, obviously, it draws more attention to issues like that, doesn't it? In, in what sense? It, 
You're inviting, which is actually a good thing. You're inviting the security people. You're inviting the black hats there. Okay, show us what you've got and show us that you can break into our products because we want to fix those things and Look, we'll give you yeah, money. Apple's an operating system that's that's used by um, yeah, a significant percentage of consumers. It's it's used in business. Um, it, it's uh, it, it, it's mobile operating systems are used around the world uh, by tens of millions of, of consumers. Um, so it uh, is already a target of hackers. Um, the, the idea of Apple putting a bounty on it um, and, and that suddenly making it more appealing to hackers is ridiculous. It's already a huge hacker target. You know, just ask anybody who's ever been, you know, pestered by uh, uh, malware, you know, on their Mac um, when they're, uh, you know, surfing places on the web. You know, it's really easy to get people to do things with their computers that they're not supposed to. Having said that, Every time Apple updates its operating system, you always see a string of, of security updates and changes um, to, to, to improve security. So that's a good thing. They're already on top of this. I think it's good that they're, um, that, that they're actually uh, communicating with uh, these uh, uh, you know, black hat security experts um, to try to close those gaps too, because it, it it's just going to strengthen things uh, more than anything. Uh, and the other thing is, it's not unusual. A, a bug bounty is not an unusual idea at all uh, in the tech community. Lots of tech companies do it. It's just that Apple hasn't been doing it uh, before now. So, you know, Apple is just following a good corporate practice here, as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of security, I don't know if you follow this or not. I'm looking at Wired magazine here. A vulnerability, I guess, involving Qualcomm chips in Android devices impacts 900 million of them. It's called Quad Router. What the heck is that? Are you following the Android problem there? No, I'm, I'm completely out of my depth on that one. It is a concern, though, that if you have an Android phone... And there's a major vulnerability. And maybe Google will fix it quickly. But the problem is here is that with Android, this is the big problem. Most people are using even brand new Android devices with two-year-old operating systems. If you want to get something fixed, Google may send the patch. And then the carrier doesn't get it first. The manufacturer gets it. The manufacturer then has to integrate it with their software. And that goes to the carrier to push it. So at the end of the day, I don't know how serious this bug is for 900 million Android handsets. My God, that is obviously a serious problem. I mean, the example being, of course, remember all the brouhaha after the San Bernardino shootings where... They wanted to unlock an iPhone 5C and they had to pay the FBI 
a million or two supposedly for some hackers because Apple wouldn't help them unlock the phone. You never, ever hear any stories about having a problem unlocking an Android phone. It's never even on the radar. It's only about the iPhone. Let me tell you, if you want the commercial-free version of this show, we welcome you to try out Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We've got a couple of more segments with our friend Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live. Listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. The investment world isn't fair. A precious metals trader buys gold and silver at spot price. You pay his price plus fees, costs, and shipping. But today, you don't. Today, JM Bullion offers a 10-ounce bar of pure silver at spot price. No fees, no markups, no shipping. Invest in something real, not Wall Street paper. 10 ounces of silver at spot price. Visit realpricesilver.com for this limited-time offer. One per household, 50 United States only. realpricesilver.com. Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend 80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at one ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So I was ranting, Peter Cohen, about Android and the problem where if a security issue has to be fixed, you have to go through all this rigmarole to fix it. And the fact that we're not hearing that they're so secure that the FBI can't break in like they had a problem with the iPhone. Do you follow that much? Well, do I follow it? I, I certainly read the news reports. And yes, it seems that every time the FBI has got a problem with Apple, it becomes a public issue. And no, you never hear about it with, with any other kind of phone. So that does seem a little suspicious, yes. Well, it tells me a lot. 
and I worry about it. Also, the other issue here is that... I don't think it should surprise anyone who pays attention to what Apple's message is about this, because Apple puts forth a message uh, that is very strongly protectionist for its customers. It wants to make sure that its customers know that their data is secure with Apple. So I don't think Apple is afraid to go toe-to-toe with the FBI or anyone else who wants access to its customers' data um, if it feels that it's doing it, that, that those, whether it's a government actor or whether it's, you know, someone else uh, doing it in a way that that, um, that that does not conform to at least Apple's understanding of the way the law should work. Apple has no problem unlocking uh, information that's that's requested through the right channels in the right ways. You know, the San Bernardino shooter situation was extraordinary because of how it had gotten foobarred. Well, the biggest issue here is somebody stupidly changed the password or ID on it before they went through this? Yeah, if they had just done an iCloud backup, Apple would have been able to retrieve the information that the FBI had wanted from the iCloud backup, and that would have been the end of it. The fact that the only copy of the information that they were looking for was encrypted on the iPhone was where the problem started. So when the evidence was first acquired by the San Bernardino Police Department, it's my understanding that they mishandled the device, and that's what set off um, the corresponding chain of events. Also, the other issue here is, was the San Bernardino Health Department using mobile device management? Because if they were, they could have taken complete control over that iPhone 5C. And if not, why were they not using that? You know, because that would occur to me to be a best practice when it comes to actual IT management of mobile devices that you own. But that's a different story. In the end, I didn't find anything actionable on it because you have to think if these terrorists were so smart to do what they did, even though ultimately after succeeding and killing lots of people, they got whacked themselves, they erased or destroyed their own mobile gear or their computers. They knew enough to do that. So why would they be stupid enough to take a work phone given to one of these people by their employer and put incriminating stuff on it? Would they have message chats to somebody in ISIS doing all the planning? I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, you know, in the absence of actual hard information, the the human mind is capable of filling it in with all sorts of flights of fancy. So, yeah, your imagination is is uh, is unlimited. Oh well, but we're not going to get into Hillary Clinton's emails, which, by the way, used at Microsoft Exchange Server these alleged insecure emails. But I just learned that the other day. Let's go on. I'm not going to talk about that unless you want to. <laughs> We've got a few more things to check out before we disappear. And part of it is Project Titan, the project to allegedly produce a car. And, of course, Bob Mansfield, an old hardware guy at Apple, was brought in to head the thing, according to the Wall Street Journal. Another report from Recode mentioned that Dan Dodge, what a name for somebody in the auto industry, Dan Dodge, who was a co-founder of the QNX operating system, they brought him on. And I guess he'd have something to do with possibly the user interface because QNX is very popular among car infotainment systems, although Apple couldn't, of course, use any of that, but maybe his expertise would help. Does that make it credible that Apple is building a car? Or is it, as some people say, this is like Google 
a self-driving project where the technology will simply be licensed? That's a really interesting question, you know, and I think that there's probably a lot of of rum in the automotive market um, for for that sort of thing. And the interesting thing to me is understanding the, the way that this technology is evolving. It's certainly not self-driving technology is 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 not beyond the realm of being able to kit vehicles to do it without a huge amount of re-engineering. You know, the, so much of it is 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 the logic behind it, but so much of the basic framework, the actual mechanical framework for handling it, um, is already in cars and fits and starts. You know, that there are a lot of cars now that, for example, can park themselves. You know, cars are displaying amazing amounts of autonomy, even for you know, even in basic models. So. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this technology evolves over the next few years, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see different players in the market than, than we're accustomed to uh, for this new technology and seeing it in ways that we haven't even imagined yet. But we have to separate the hardware from the software here. And the logic I always am concerned about is, does it make sense for Apple to build the whole widget here? And the reason is because it's kind of like the TV market. Remember, there were rumors there would be an Apple TV set that never came to pass, even though there may have been some prototypes. The TV market's very saturated. Profits aren't high. Profits are kind of okay, but a fraction of what Apple would make in the car market. You have a lot of established players there who are all looking at electric car technology. So unless Apple has something real different to offer, why build an Apple car? There's so many good ones already there. If you don't like the traditional manufacturer, there's Tesla. If they can bring an affordable model out, overcome all their production problems, it can be pretty good. In fact, some people liken Tesla because it upended the car industry in lots of ways to Apple. So is there, number one, a space for an Apple car? Before we get to door number two, which would be the question about the technology, what do you think? Do you think there's a space for another car maker? You know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, I would have said no. But then Tesla came on the scene and changed everything. So, yeah, I think there's absolutely room in the market for disruption. For sure. For sure. What but is you- there? Now, I don't know what kind of car you have. I just always get four-door sedans or similar cars. And I have since, you know, I was 21. Do you see things in the car that you drive or the truck that you drive that ought to be upended by somebody? This has to change. In terms of technologies that I'm just waiting for somebody to disrupt completely? Sure. In terms of the driving experience, even. Well, you know, I I, I think all the heat and light is actually on the self-driving car because the, the... experiences that I have behind the wheel of an automobile that make me want things to change the most inevitably involve other drivers. Their lack of awareness or something that they're doing that could potentially cause me harm. You know, that's always where I get concerned. Now, I live in an area with a lot of elderly drivers, and unfortunately, there's a lot of substance abuse issues around here as well. So, we get old folks and we get drunk folks on the road a lot. I would love to see 
um, you know, more technology take over when it's clear that the driver is incapacitated or not operating at a level that allows them to, to be safe. Now, even, that, as a, that, even as a young driver, though, I never took to the, all those traffic circles around Boston. They always freaked me out. You know, rotaries are a fact of life for, you know, roundabouts if you're from the UK. Uh, are, are a fact of life here in the Boston area. But um, the, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I'm talking about a societal problem. You know, I'm talking about a problem involving um, the way people operate vehicles that has a technical component to it. You could build in um, the ability for cars to recognize when their drivers were being unsafe and to wrest control from them and maybe get them to a safe place or get them to their de- their pre-programmed destination without incident. Let's but- expand on that in our next segment. Apple Car, Project Titan, Peter Cohen and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10 the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851, 800-823-3851, So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision and independence to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. It's the leading cause of blindness in adults 55 and older. Some of us are at greater risk for AMD. 
If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD. If left untreated, it can lead to blindness. The good news? With early detection, AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that can reduce or even reverse some vision loss. Learning that you have AMD can be scary, but there's hope and help. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is researching and developing treatments and cures for AMD. To get your free AMD information packet, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. Join the fight against AMD, because together there is a cure in sight. If you missed buying emergency food from the Patriotic Guys during their mega sale last month, be grateful. Even when they slash their prices by 40%, you still get more food for your money from Ready Supply Foods. Ready Supply Foods sells 50 to 230% more food for your money, and we can prove it. With 23 delicious entrees, we also have four times the variety, too. Surviving a disaster is hard enough without worrying about starving to death. See how much more food you can get for your money at ReadySupplyFoods.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. You were getting to a point here about... The problem with a safe driver is the other guy or the other gal. The other person is the biggest danger there. You have no idea what they're going to do, how screwy they're going to do it. That's what might cause an accident, even if you're doing the best things in the world. Peter Cohen, go on. So a societal problem that has a potential technical solution is good. But the problem is that that technical solution takes away... uh, you know, the the perception of freedom or free choice to the people who are using it. And that's a very scary idea. So my point in all this is that, uh, you know, there, there are going to be societal and cultural ramifications of technology like this, especially for as car centric a, a culture as we have here in the United States. All right. So maybe there is room there for an Apple car in the sense that It takes all this technology and perfectly integrates it. Whereas if they license technology to Ford or GM or Volkswagen or whoever, it's going to be like Microsoft licensing Windows. You got to deal with all those variables from thousands of different component configurations. But if you put that technology into the Apple car, Apple has full control over the entire widget once again. Well, that's always been Apple's uh, MO, is wanting control over the whole widget. So, you know, that's the way that I would like to see it. But, you know, there's there's, there's room for uh, uh, a lot of different perspectives here. You know, I mean, you know, Apple's willing to allow CarPlay, for example, to work in cars where Android's equivalent to CarPlay will also work. As long as the, the right connectivity is there for CarPlay, that's all really Apple's looking for. If we could abstract the... Um, the driverless car experience to that sort of level, that'd be cool. I don't think we're going to be there for a very, very long time, though. So that would create the climate for an Apple car. With CarPlay and Android Auto, they're basically taking over the front end of your car's infotainment system by presenting a subset 
of your smartphone's experience on it. And not taking over everything, it's just one aspect of the car that probably is not that difficult to engineer. But with full technology for autonomous driving, every system that relates to motoring, engines, steering, brakes, steering wheel, whatever, would have to be controlled. And that's a lot more complicated. Certainly, Google ought to be confronting that if they try to take their self-driving technology and bring it to market. So maybe that there is where Apple has the gauge to come up with their own vehicle saying, this is self-driving done right. And this is only one aspect of technology that Apple's not competing in right now, where it does apparently, or it is apparently spending fairly significant amounts of R&D. Who knows what else Apple has up its sleeve? I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of the Apple car, because it's fun to speculate on, but it's also a unicorn at this point. You know, it's not a real thing. So, you know, there, there are a lot of markets where Apple could be a disruptive influence and could really change things. And uh, I look forward to what Apple's got five, ten years down the road. Uh, who knows what kind of uh, markets they'll compete, be competing in. If you told me that they'd be putting phones in millions of people's pockets every quarter, to, you know, 15 years ago, I would have laughed at you. I remember also when they came out with that Motorola rocker phone, a really awful piece of junk, worse than most Motorola's, and it had iTunes support, and that was a big deal. And then not long after that, Steve Jobs denigrated feature phones, mobile phones, as being really bad. And I guess when you look at it now, you're thinking, well, you know, they were working on something. And maybe they tested the waters to see how iTunes would work in an existing mobile phone. And it didn't work very well, as a matter of fact. So there is something there. Also, when Apple begins to attack a product category, you kind of feel something is up. That's another clue, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And when, when, when you um, see them uh, saying, no, that's horrible or, or something like that, it can sometimes be a, a warning that something's coming. Exactly. That's what makes things difficult. Do you feel plus or minus that the Apple car is a lock or are we too far away? I guess Apple could reach a point where they say, you know what, we tried our best. This is not something that's appropriate for us. You know, I, I, I am of two minds about it. I think that uh, it would be great if it happened, um, but I understand, you know, the, the, the practical limitations of, of building an automobile. It's not an easy market to get into. You know, Tesla was, was in the right place at the right time to take advantage of a lot of things and, you know, is, is led by a real visionary person. Whether or not Apple could duplicate Elon Musk's su- success is anyone's, is anyone's guess. Now, as for me, I have a personal interest in seeing if there's an Apple car. And that is, I'm getting on in years. And I like to think that my reflexes are pretty decent for my age. But there's a point where I may have to give up the driver's license. And so I lose all that freedom of getting around. And I think that alone with the aging of the world of America, where there is a market for a proper self-driving car... That's affordable, that people can actually afford to buy, not like a $100,000 luxury car like the Model S Tesla. I mean something that's within a normal range of affordability. I think there is a huge market for that thing if somebody can enter it and do it right. And, of course, right now there's a lot of things that make it difficult. They aren't quite there yet. We've had you know, a couple of accidents here and there. And it has to be more perfect, far more perfect than human drivers Because otherwise, the insurance companies in the state or the country authorities wouldn't let it go out there. 
In other words, it has to adhere to a higher standard, right? Yeah, just like Hebrew National. Yeah, but they have God's help, you see. <laughs> Excellent point. They don't have that kind of support for autonomous driving. Like I said, I look at the possibility of five years down the pike, and I say, you know, I'm going to be in an age there where maybe, maybe this will work for me if they can make it affordable. And maybe that's what Apple is seeing, too. We can't see what Apple sees because we're so far away from what the product's realization might be. If you're a betting man and you're at the Las Vegas or the Indian game tables anywhere in the country that allows it, what odds would you put on an Apple car? Huh. I would say, you know, I don't even know how to quantify that, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm, I'm so ambivalent about an Apple car. Just very quickly, Gene, I'll tell you why. You know, because it, I don't necessarily think that Apple needs to build a car. You know, I don't think that, 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 that we need Apple technology on the road. I don't see why Apple would make a car any better than anyone else. Maybe I'm seeing the forest too close or seeing the trees uh, too close uh, to, to whatever the expression is. You know what I'm trying to say. But I don't necessarily think that we need an Apple car in our lives right now. Let's leave it there. Peter Cohen, you have a place where people can check out your stuff? Sure, yeah. These days I'm writing over at Backblaze, at the Backblaze blog. B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E dot com slash blog. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on The Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. To a professional trader in precious metals, the key is spot price. Spot price is market price, what gold or silver actually costs on the exchange. Regular people looking to invest never get spot price because resellers add fees for everything. Refining, minting, brokerage costs, commissions. The public is never offered spot price until now. In a limited new customer outreach, JM Bullion offers you the chance to own a 10-ounce bar of pure silver at spot price. No fees, commissions, markups, not even a shipping cost. 
Now, through JM Bullion, own the most real investment of all at real cost. Not a piece of paper from Wall Street or a bank. A 10-ounce bar of silver at spot price. That's a solid investment. But you must act now. Go online to realpricesilver.com for this limited-time offer. That's realpricesilver.com. realpricesilver.com. Limit one offer per household, 50 United States only. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Did you know that a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-952-2797. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto. Your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer, only available by calling 1-800-952-2797. That's 1-800-952-2797. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So, Josh, we're glad to have you back again. And before we got you on, I know for those listening to the Tech Night Out Live, it's only four minutes from one segment to the next with the commercials. But actually, a couple of days have passed. And, Josh, we were talking with some guests on the Paracast about conspiracy theories, breakaway civilizations, and stuff like that. But we never get that kind of conspiracy stuff going on with regard to the tech industry or Apple. Is there a good conspiracy theory about Apple that we ought to just dismiss right now? Oh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. The, the only one, the only conspiracy theory about Apple uh, I can recall from recent memory is um, the the theory that the the rift between Apple and Taylor Swift was a publicity stunt, which which I think it was. Um, but I mean, that's about as far. <laughs> into that rabbit hole, the Apple rabbit hole I, I can muster. I also think that some of the rift between Apple and Microsoft 
was done for the benefit of both companies because we forget early on Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were best buds and maybe they split apart somewhat because of the competitive nature but at the end before the end of Jobs life he was pretty tight with Gates again you know I think it's one of those things when you you know yeah you're competitive and of course Jobs you know Anytime he he thought that somebody is ripping him off, uh, ripping off Apple's work, such as you know uh, Microsoft arguably did with Windows and Google arguably did with Android, you know he would he would you know take it pretty personal. But you know also I think when you're at the level of someone like Gates or Jobs and you have that much money in the bank and you don't really have to worry about things like that, I think it's easier. To, to kind of laugh it all off, even if you're mad about it. Um, so, well, and also, you know, Steve Jobs mellowed a lot throughout the years, especially near the end of his life. So, uh, you know, that could have also been, you know, a reason why, you know, he felt a little kinder toward it. Well, I mean, also, I mean, let's be honest, Microsoft saved Apple back in the day. They, they um, you know, gave them money, uh, promised to, you know, support the Mac for a few years, and, you know, that, that arguably saved Apple. So, I mean... You know, what What could he be mad about in the end? Well, we have to also make sure we're clear on this. The investment was $150 million. So that in itself didn't save Apple, but the commitment to continue to develop Office for the Mac was very critical because that's the thing that allowed people to bring Macs into the workplace or to use Macs at home. They had to have Office then because a lot of work was being done on the Microsoft apps. But nowadays what's happened with Microsoft is they're emphasizing the services over a lot of things. And today they don't care that there was a tablet version of Office for the iPad before Microsoft can do anything for their own platform. And the development is pretty close now. I mean, there's still areas where Windows may have an edge or a feature the Mac doesn't have. But for the most part, they're coming out around the same time. I think the tech industry in general is moving more towards services. And you see this in every uh, Apple quarterly report. You know, even when everything else is down, services are way up. It's, it's the same thing, as you said, with Microsoft and, and even with Google. A lot of people say that Google's apps for iOS are better than the ones for Android. And probably um, Google makes more money from iOS than they make from Android. Quite possibly, yes, and well, it's also like this with with Amazon, you know, with the uh, with the Kindle ecosystem. You know, there are some things that they tend to hoard, like their own video service. But you know, I would argue one of the reasons Kindle has been so successful is because they didn't trap it in merely their own device. They turned it into an actual platform, and you know, like Netflix, put it on every device they possibly could. Well, after all, where are we without Netflix? It doesn't matter what you have, what kind of streamer you have, you've got to have Netflix. We were talking in the, my other show, The Paracast, about some of the great Netflix shows that have come out recently. Oh, yeah. Did, did you talk about Stranger Things? Oh, that's very so interesting. Originally, I'm told that Stranger Things was going to be called Montauk. And if you look up the Montauk Project, which is a kind of a legendary or cultural thing for people interested in UFOs and strange mysteries. And they took a lot of that and they gave it the Steven Spielberg feel and the 1980 feel. And 
I've only seen one episode. There are what eight episodes? Yeah, there. Yeah, eight. So and far. I loved it. And we're going to watch probably the rest. We'll do some binge watching this weekend because that's what you know keeps you going. But they've got some fabulous stuff there. And I know Apple's working on some kind of TV show, but it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, going on there? There's, there's, uh, they're working on a show called uh, Planet of the Apps, and it's a, uh, it's a reality show, uh, a competitive reality show with app developers and uh, who, who's all involved. Uh, there are a bunch of famous reality show producers are involved. Gwyneth Paltrow. I think might be a judge. Uh, Will I am? I, I think is a judge. Uh, it, it just seems like a very strange thing for. I mean, in some ways, it's sort of natural because I mean, it, it makes sense for Apple to make a TV show about app developers, but at the same time, it uh, something about it just feels very not Apple. You know, who is going to watch it? I understand the appeal of a show like Mr. Robot. Which, according oh, sure. to one of our friends, ethical hacker, Dr. Timothy Summers, it portrays hackers of 10 years ago. They're more elegant, more refined, more socially adept now, he says. So if you like hackers of 10 years ago, Mr. Robot is your game. By the way, this week's show, they kind of imitate a 1990s sitcom. you huh. got to watch it and see with the audience laughter and everything. Uh, and also in standard... Framing instead of widescreen. It, you know, it's it's such a weird show. I, I haven't watched the past couple episodes, but it's uh, well. The first season is basically Fight Club with computers. Uh, you know, I mean they, they and they make no bones about essentially ripping off Fight Club. So if you've watched Fight Club, you you pretty much know how the first season of Mr. Robot will go. But it, it goes deeper into uh, uh, I don't know, just all sorts of strangeness. It, it's remarkable how much leeway they've given uh was it sam esmail uh the the creator of the show i mean they've basically given him free reign over it and and he just does whatever he wants and i'm not sure if it's paying off so well in the second season but he's he's certainly not you know marching to the be of his own drummer and by the way he wrote and directed every single episode you get a complete unified vision you got one guy remember a director even on a TV series, is going to have some of his own vision involved there. There'll be variations in the shows. But if you got one guy, and I don't know how this guy can possibly do it, doing the entire season, that's amazing. Not just writing, but you have to think here how long it takes to do a TV show, a one-hour TV show, that's like 45 minutes, minus the commercials, with every element, working in the editing process, working the setups, everything. One guy doing it. This guy has got to be amazing. He's an amazing artist. I don't care if you think the show is completely whacked out. And maybe you think you have to inhale a substance to understand it. And maybe you do. But I think Mr. Robot is fabulous TV. And it shows you what someone who is brilliant, extremely creative can do. And every performer on there is just amazing. I mean... Yeah, the acting is spectacular. And the thing I love the most about the show is... I'm not sure if it's 100% technically accurate, but it's the most accurate on-screen portrayal of hacking I've ever seen. By the way, this year, we have to break in a minute. This year, one of the featured players is Meryl Streep's daughter, Grace Gummer. Hmm. And she's very good actress. She mostly does TV. But she is an amazing actress, and we see the genes 
you know, that's it. She's also appeared in movies with her mother, Grace Gummer. Okay? We've got more to talk about here, and we'll get into something else in a moment. We've got Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer 
repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Now, we have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, we have a wide-ranging set of discussions here. And one thing I noticed that Adam Inkst wrote for the Tidbit site. Now, he talked about the failure of a digital commerce company called Kaji. And if you've bought shareware or software for the Mac over the years, and you have to pay for it, of course. So you have these companies that existed to be payment systems, Okay. So not like PayPal, for example, but they would take your payment, they'd process it, they'd send you the password or serial number for the program you were working. And one of them was a company called Kaji. But Kaji failed because some dishonest company, was it? Josh signed up with them and completely messed them up? <laughs> yeah, my my understanding of the situation as adam tells it is like this they made a deal with with a company that ended up being their biggest client and it was one of those kind of deals you know impossible to to pass up so they took this deal with the company but the problem as they found out later was that they were using high pressure sales tactics and their customers weren't happy cut these angry customers were performing credit card you know, chargebacks on their credit card. Now, what happens when you do a chargeback on your credit card? The vendor is responsible. And ultimately, what happened is this company uh, refused to pay Kaji back for what they actually owed them, or I think they finally agreed to pay a part, but not the entire thing. And it put Kaji deep in debt, and they tried their best to pay that debt off. Well, they say they tried to do their best to pay that debt off. Eventually, they just got to a point where the income didn't meet, uh, you know, their expenses, including that those debt payments, and the company basically had to board up shop. Now, let me explain kind of what happens with chargebacks. The way it works is here: you use a payment processing system like a one of these companies like First Data that is used by a lot of places to process credit cards. And you pay a fee for each transaction. You pay a couple of percent or so. 
and they look at your record and determine what your rate's going to be based on the number of chargebacks you get. Now, every business has problems with customers if they're large. We've never had a chargeback for anything that that we do, but most of our stuff is donations and subscriptions. So there occasionally are chargebacks. But if you get a lot of chargebacks, what will happen is your payment processor will say, you know what, we're going to charge you more because you're costing us more. Well, actually, in the case of Kaji, they were blacklisted for a while due to all the chargebacks. That's the point where if there are too many, if there are too many chargebacks, they'll suspend your account or hold back your money. And I have a friend of mine who ran a web host, and he ran into a problem like this. And he seemed like an honest guy, but he said he had a few chargebacks, and so they would kind of hold on to the money and not give him all of it. They'd keep a reserve pending chargebacks. Eventually, he had to sell his company as a result of that. But as you see what happened with Kaji, they have one company that's a little bit dishonest in their sales practices, and or maybe a lot dishonest, and that can kill a small merchant. And Kaji was a small company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very sad situation. And listeners might be wondering, well, why even deal with a, with a company like this in the first place? Why not roll your own solution? And um, the simplest answer is having to deal with sales taxes, uh, especially if you're dealing with customers around the world. You know, if you take money from someone in Europe, there's a value-added tax or VAT that has to be uh, collected and remitted. Um, and actually, I actually used to work in sales tax for a major retailer, not for very long, but... I understand yeah. there is an app for that, or maybe a pill, which is probably what you needed, a pill. <laughs> yeah, a pill that comes in a six-pack. But it's the... Uh, it's just a. I mean, if you run just a single business, like you have a little corner store, it's not too bad. You know, you just you collect the sales tax every month. You figure out the percentage. You know, you you fill a piece of paper and you send that to your state, local government, whatever. But if you're dealing with in a situation like that where you're having to remit sales tax all around the world, or in, in the case of the major retailer, we had. Uh, thousands of stores is by location one of the largest retailers in the country, if not the largest. And so you had to deal with all sorts of jurisdictions, and you're dealing with you know five to ten thousand stores. It, it gets a little overwhelming. So that's essentially the reason why you would you would take on a company like Kaji uh, instead of trying to do all this yourself, because a company like that handles all of that for you, and the small percentage you pay them is well worth the expense and headache you would have uh, otherwise. Certainly gives you a lot of peace of mind. And if a company goes under, well, you have to choose another payment processor. And I know obviously you do. It's just an unfortunate thing. So Kaji is no more. There are other companies that still do that. You can't just use PayPal, though? No, because PayPal doesn't do everything Kaji did. PayPal just, just collects money. And frankly, I wouldn't want to do a lot of big business with PayPal because they have a terrible history of, well, let's be honest, stealing your money or doing other bizarre things, shutting down your account, stuff like that. So I wouldn't want my business to depend upon PayPal like that. I'm not big enough to worry about it. I've had PayPal for like 15, 16 years, almost from the beginning. All right, let's look at a few other things here. Now, let's get back into the TV stuff, all right? We were talking before about Netflix and Amazon Instant Video. And one of the other services was Hulu. 
And Hulu had a free service called Hulu, and then it was a Hulu Plus, and I've lost track as to what it is. It's owned by several of the TV networks. And the way it worked is you get an ad-supported free version, and which is kind of like you go onto a TV network site and you can watch a show, but you have to put up with all the commercials. And then if you subscribe, they have two tiers now. One, you get a small number of commercials, and one, you get no commercials by paying more. That compensates the network for the money they lose. But now there's no more free? Right, yeah, they're they're eliminating the free tier. I'm not, they, they didn't seem to be specific about when exactly that would be, but at some point, uh, maybe it's now, <laughs> at some point, yeah, you, if you go to Netflix and you just try to watch your show, you'll be prompted to uh, get a subscription just like you would with Netflix or uh, most of these other services. Now, it's not unusual for TV networks or services to do this. So, for example, you have something called CBS All Access. So if you like CBS shows, and there's a whole list of them, you know, all the famous procedurals like NCIS and stuff like that, and a bunch of comedies. If you like that stuff, you can see some of them like the next day at the CBS.com website. But if you want more than that, or the older shows, you've got to subscribe to CBS All Access. So does it look like almost all the networks are doing something? Hulu, CBS, Showtime, HBO, are doing something in this streaming service, and that's what, for cord cutters? Yeah, I guess that would be the target market, although they seem to be trying to expand beyond that as well uh you know for instance i'm sure i'm sure you're excited about this gene the new star trek series which will be an exclusive to cbs all access so you'll have to subscribe to that to see the new star trek now that's star trek what is it discovery yeah star trek discovery gonna emphasize the female lieutenant commander or something the one who's just below the captain. You see, all the other Star Trek series have always been captain-centric. This will center on the first officer, evidently. And it'll take place like 10 years before Star Trek, the original series. So it's going to premiere on CBS, and then it'll be on CBS All Access. It's produced by a number of people, including Brian Fuller, who did the Hannibal TV series. And years ago, I think he worked on Voyager. That was one of the Star Trek series that he worked on. So he's got his street cred there. So we're all looking for that. Of course, we have to see what happens with the free episode to see if it catches on. But I'm kind of worried about this because people cut the cord, Josh, to save money. You're paying a lot of money for cable or satellite, and their growth is kind of stalled. Or you're just starting out. Like my son, Grayson, well, now he's 30. He's not just starting out. But someone's starting out, and they don't have a lot of money. So they subscribe to Netflix or one or two other services or maybe rent a movie or a TV show they'll buy from iTunes. This is a way to keep their costs down. But now every single network, in addition to the main services like Amazon Instant Video and Netflix, they're starting up their own pay service. We'll talk about more of this in a moment with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Cord cutting, my friends. Does it even make sense anymore? So everybody is starting a service. Okay, we can't get the money from cable and satellite. We'll start a service. It's a one-network service. And so you buy a one-network service here. And you buy a one-network service there. And you buy Netflix. And you buy Amazon, which is $99 a year for your Amazon Prime, where you get free two-day shipping on many items, and you get the video and some of the music thrown in there. Good deal, right? Okay, suddenly you add up your monthly expenses. Wait a minute. I could just go to Cox or Dish Network or DirecTV, and it's not going to cost me any more. What do you think? Yeah, that's starting to be a real problem. And we'll also factor in data cap fees. I'll give you an example of how this is uh, kind of a pain for myself personally right now. So uh, football season is nearly upon us, but I'm also in the middle of uh, doing a new book. I'm doing the, the iOS 10 book now. So I, I want to watch football. I want to do it at my desk. So I have a few options. I like NFL Red Zone. I want to watch NFL Red Zone. Five bucks from Comcast, I get a package with Red Zone and uh, SEC Network so I can watch uh, UT football here in Tennessee. And, you know, that's not a bad deal. The only problem is, is they're one of the few providers who doesn't participate in the online streaming in NFL Red Zone, so I can't watch it on my computer. Okay, well, another option I have is to um, pay Sling TV five bucks a month to um, 
for that same package. But the only problem is, is then I have to get $25 basic package from them. I think it's $25. So I'll be paying $30 total a month to watch football. Ah, but the, the sling package doesn't include ESPN. Like the, cause you have to have sling blue to get red zone. You need sling orange, which is a whole different thing for ESPN. You can get both those together for 40 bucks a month. So I could pay 45 bucks a month for those two packages plus Red Zone to watch on my computer. Meanwhile, I'm also paying about 70 bucks a month for Comcast for my crappy cable package. It's just it's a no-win scenario. There, there's no easy way to uh, to do all this. It's endless. It's endless. There's no way to win no matter what you do, what you try. Now I'm moving into a place where they give you free internet. Not bad, like 20 up and down, you know, half-decent internet. And they give you a mid-level satellite TV package from Dish Network. So that's such a deal there. Otherwise, you know, I really have cut back severely on my internet in terms of getting the most bang for the buck and taking one of the special offers in terms of TV, taking advantage of one of the specials because, you know, they just keep asking for more and more money every year. And now that each network feels they could gouge you, even if you don't want cable or satellite, where does this end? And Apple has no solution. Uh, putting out a stupid show about app developers is no solution. Supposedly, Apple wanted to have a subscription service. What happened? Well, you know, supposedly the negotiations broke down. They, they didn't, you know, they thought ADQ was well, simultaneously not serious enough and asked for too much stuff. I think the problem, well, there's two things. First of all, it's after the whole thing with music, it's very hard for Apple to enter into any other media businesses because there's a widely held belief, false, a false belief, I think, that Apple somehow killed the music industry. And also, Apple is very powerful and can, can kind of be a bully. But I, th- I think uh, more to the point, I think it's that the TV business is very dense. It's very interconnected. Um, we're starting to see some of that separation happen. Uh, you know, like ESPN is one of the most expensive cable channels, and some cable providers are no longer wanting to carry it in their basic packages because people aren't watching uh, ESPN as much as they used to, and ESPN isn't as good as it used to be. So uh, we're starting to see some split up there, but. You know, so you have these issues, and we've talked about this before. You have something like QVC. You know, QVC actually pays Comcast or whoever to be to be carried by them. You're always going to have QVC in your cable package because they pay for that privilege. But you know, isn't that also true with a lot of the services there? Uh, they're going to bribe some of them. They'll bribe you. Others, they expect a payment. But QVC right. is selling merchandise. It's an online right. shopping center. So obviously they can afford to give out something. With the other services, they either include it as part of the package or expect a a payment from the cable or satellite provider. And sometimes I wonder about that because, say, we have USA Network, and that's NBC, like Sci-Fi and several others. And Comcast through Cox, they have to pay NBC Universal, except for Comcast, which owns it. But, say, Cox has to pay them a specific fee. Now, the thing is here, if you have a network where they're showing commercials, why should they have to ask the cable or satellite provider for anything? Because they're making money from the advertisers. If that doesn't work, raise your advertising rates. Why should they charge anything? 
Right. It's it's a total mess. It's a complete mess. You see, I, I understand, I, for example, Showtime, a premium service. But then what's happened is here is that your cable or satellite provider is collecting the money and sending it to them, maybe keeping a percentage. But once again, why should it be necessary to have all these carriage fees? It's like double taxation, especially if you have a premium network. Part of your fee is paying Showtime, but you're paying Showtime through your cable or satellite provider, the $15 a month or whatever the heck it is. And then when it comes to these various stations that are free cable, in other words, you go on there and you have commercials just like you do with your broadcast station, they have to just charge enough so you shouldn't have to worry about having that impact your cable bill. They should charge you just for the service and maybe they're cut for the premium channels. That's it. I don't disagree, but the the simple reason why they get the the carriage fees along with the ad money is that is because they can. Um, because, you know, ESPN has been a cash cow because enough people want to watch it that they can go to Comcast and say, "Look, if you want to carry us, you have to pay us money because you're you're going to be a joke." of a cable company without ESPN. It's like grabbing money from everything. You go to the advertiser and say, it's a must-watch broadcast, so you've got to pay us this amount of money. Comcast, except when Comcast owns the network, that must be an interesting financial arrangement. You've got to pay us something. Now, by the way, those of you who are big TV fans, we mentioned CBS All Access, and one of the big shows on CBS is Criminal Minds about serial killers. One of the main stars, Thomas Gibson, has been fired. He will not be in the 12th season because he kicked somebody in the shins or something. (laughs) He got really upset. He went Christian Bale all over them, I guess. And he's had some problems. Like, I think he was arrested once for drunk driving. I think you all know who this actor is. He plays like the head of this unit of the FBI. My wife is all torn about this. Pardon? (laughs) My wife is all torn. She loves Criminal Mind. She's all torn up about this. Well, yeah, but, you know, Mandy Patankin was on the show, and he quit. He wasn't fired. He quit because he thought it was too violent, and the show still goes on. And then, of course, what was that guy? Uh, there's another guy that left this past season. Oh, the um, he used to be in soap operas. I can't remember... Uh can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Um, yeah, well, you know... it's. It, so you know, it's. Uh, I was talking to my wife earlier about this. You know, I was telling it's her. It's Shemar Moore, by the way. Shemar Moore, yeah. Shemar yeah. Moore, you know, quit what, Criminal Minds a, and do other stuff. Yeah, but but you know, it's, I mean, you know what's going to happen right now? With he left the show because supposedly he just wanted to get him and spread his wings. And now with one of his fellow longtime cast members gone, they may come back with him with big checks to hand him say. Hey, man, we've got $400,000 a week. You sure you really don't want to come back? Find a reason that you have to come back like an emergency. You know, they're adding other people to the show. When you lose a big star, you wonder about that. Like Michael Weatherly with NCIS, they're replacing him with like three people. I don't know where we started this, but we have Josh Centers of Tidbits (laughs) and Take Control Books, and he's written a book about Apple TV, so, you know, I guess it sort of relates. This is the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. By now, you know the smart way to buy emergency food storage is calories per dollar. Ready Supply Foods sells you 50% more food for your money. GMO-free, 25-year shelf life, great tasting, and free shipping. You need 2,000 calories per day under ideal conditions. Most 30-day kits don't have enough calories to sustain you for more than a week. They just don't have enough nutrition to do the job. See the comparisons for yourself at ReadySupplyFoods.com. We are the new leader in value and quality. Go to ReadySupplyFoods.com today. 
like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So there you go with TV and TV series and all that. So Apple, obviously, is not going to have a subscription TV now. Maybe they didn't like the offer that Eddie Q was presenting. But I would think if Apple was saying and they really wanted this to work, they'd come back and say, let's work out a different deal. And the only thing they're offering now with the new TV software for Apple TV, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a single sign-on system. So if you subscribe to a number of services, you sign on just once for all of them. Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, essentially. And I think it will make the Apple TV experience a lot nicer. It, it won't get rid of the the requirement to have a cable package of some kind, a supported cable package to be specific. But it, it'll take some of the pain out. It'll make the experience better. But does that have the tendency then to turn Apple TV into TV Guide? Maybe that that may not necessarily be a bad thing per se. You know, when it comes to the negotiations about a TV service, uh, you know, Eddie Q had that interview a while back. You know, some people questioned some of the stuff he said in it, but I I think he was 100% truthful when he said, We want some kind of streaming service. We don't necessarily care if we're doing it or if someone else is providing it in our platform, like, like Sling. Um, yeah, and there's there's a lot of well, there's starting to be a lot of these things now. There's at least two. There's PlayStation View, and there's Sling. So, you know, and, and also we're we're not quite sure what Apple had in mind. We don't know if they were thinking of something that you know had traditional live TV or maybe something a little different. Uh, you know, we don't know what the terms were. Um, my guess is Apple probably proposed something completely alien to the TV people and and spooked them. It's one of those cases where both parties doesn't feel any pressure to go, you know, the TV companies say, look, we're doing fine. You know, things are changing, but we're adapting. We're doing fine. And, uh, you know, Apple is doing fine. So, you know, everyone just kind of walks away. You know, I think it's like one of those things. And even in the long run, I don't think it hurts viewers that much because, you know, you have more choices now than ever. And we, we've discussed many of them already in this show. I mean, you you still have broadcast. You still have cable, satellite. Now you have things like Hulu. You have stuff like Sling. You have stuff like PlayStation View. You have Netflix. You have Amazon. There's never been so many choices of stuff to watch and, and so many different uh, structures to pay for it. And that's not even including, you know, the piracy option, which is still alive and well. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, I think Apple will try to push into, I mean, I think Apple would be foolish not to push into some sort of content, but it's also, uh, Al Malik suggested recently that Apple should just buy Netflix. I don't think it's quite that simple, because I think if Apple bought Netflix, suddenly Netflix wouldn't be as valuable, because companies wouldn't be so willing to deal with Netflix because suddenly they're dealing with this giant behemoth Apple that threatens their business. For some reason, Netflix has been able to position itself as sufficiently non-threatening enough where it can work, it could get content and get itself in all these devices uh, without a big problem. And even now, as, as it's starting to be seen as a threat, it's been very successfully pivoting itself 
into a content creator, much like HBO or Showtime or Stars, where they're creating their own original content. And more and more, when you go to Netflix, you're not going to Netflix for the stuff you were three or four, five years ago. You're going to watch the the stuff specific to Netflix that they're producing in-house. So in a sense, Netflix is in part Showtime. Yeah, you know, in, in a way, it's well, it's it's essentially a premium cable channel. You know, it it carries you know the uh, music, uh, not music. Uh, you know, these old movies, TV shows, and stuff. But it also has uh, a lot of its own original content, both uh, shows and movies. I guess mostly shows. But what, I think what most people go to Netflix for now. You know, if you subscribe to Netflix, you you want House of Cards, you want Stranger Things, you want Orange is the New Black, you want uh, you know all these great shows that Netflix has. And and Netflix has the unique advantage above HBO or anywhere else where they know what their viewers want to watch. And and that's why they're able to make so many shows that people like, because they, they know what you want. And they don't really base it on ratings, although it seems like every one of these series keeps getting renewed every year. That's Netflix. So with Apple, though, how do they conquer the living room? Do they simply become another TiVo? Mm, I think... Well, I mean, I guess it depends on, on your definition of conquer. I don't think any single company, except maybe Netflix, uh, you know, but I don't think a single hardware device, single hardware device is going to uh, conquer the living room. You know, I mean, if, if anything has, it's PlayStation 4. They've, they've sold tons of them. But, it, you know, it's, it's all about services. And if Apple's box can provide more of those services in a better package than the other guys, then they're ahead of the game. Now, part of that, I think the best solution is to abstract the differences as much as possible, which may hurt some of the companies in terms of trying to have a brand image. Because right now, the biggest problem with a streamer is... You're dealing with a bunch of apps or services. Each channel has a different interface, even if they're related superficially to whatever device they're on. You're dealing with all sorts of different setups, different services mixed together in a mishmash, like a mishmash soup. Of those of you who have gone to a deli, you know what that is. So it's a mishmash of services. Unlike the cable provider or the satellite, where they may offer 300 channels, but they are all accessible within one interface, one listing. And the ideal way to do it is that way, to abstract the differences. But part of the conflict there is that Netflix or Hulu or whoever, they want to have their own brand identity. You come here, you're going to Netflix with our unique interface. It's not just a listing. Mm -hmm. But Apple would probably like it to be just a listing. (laughs) Well, that seems to be where Apple's going now. They've, They've tried these other alternatives and now it seems that they're they're moving in the direction of the Apple TV being an aggregation device for all these other content providers. You know, I I think that'll be an easier sell. It'll be an easier sell than going to traditional TV networks and and trying to append their entire business model. You know, I think if they if they can I think it'll be easier to make companies like Netflix and Hulu, although Hulu is owned by a lot of those companies, so that might be a harder sell. But I, I think they'll have an easier time. Well, you look at it now, you know, they've with Siri on the Apple TV, they've kind of slowly started to do this in the back end. You know, I can search for Stranger Things on the Siri remote and it brings up a Netflix. I can search for Game of Thrones with Siri and it takes me to HBO Go. So it's already there. It just need it's sort of like HomeKit, right? Like, uh, you know, home, with HomeKit, you can control your lights or whatever with Siri. 
iOS 10, they're finally adding a front end for it. You know, so I guess the next natural evolution of TVOS is to with all this stuff they can aggregate now, put a front end on it, and uh, you make things uh, a lot easier for the end user. And uh, maybe that's how you beat Comcast. You provide the, that superior interface. And, you know, if you can, if they can take care of the billing end of things, you know, if they could centralize that. So, you know, you could pay Apple one monthly fee and it goes to Netflix, Hulu, whoever, you know, and provide a better experience than Comcast, then I think that could really be onto something. And it kind of with kind of a backdoor strategy. Let's go more into this with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. People who can afford a LASIK procedure sure are lucky. Imagine being able to throw away your contacts and glasses. Imagine waking up tomorrow with 20-20 vision. Too bad everyone can't afford LASIK. Well, guess what? There's a company that agrees with you. The LASIK Vision Institute is now offering dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK to make it affordable for everyone. That means you get the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology for a fraction of what others charge. And if you call right now, we'll schedule a free appointment so you can discover if LASIK is right for you. Results may vary. Call 1-800-725-2487. Even better, if you're one of the first 100 callers, ask about an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Let us help you. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you deserve at a fraction of what others charge. For your free appointment, call 1-800-725-2487. 1-800-725-2487. 
Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So what we're saying here specifically is if Apple can work it out with all these places, they can be the front end for a lot of different services and make it easy for the customer to get what they want and therefore make them more inclined to pay for all these things. But they could also do that with your cable or satellite provider. Instead of using their box, they use the Apple TV. The only issue would be for time shifting. Would Apple stick that in iCloud? Then, of course, you have your bandwidth cap. Yeah, um, well, you know, there's a few different ways they could do that. I know some... Some cable providers do offer apps on other platforms, uh, especially game consoles. You know, even if they couldn't do DVR as it exists now, they could, um, you know, have on-demand, which uh, oftentimes is roughly equivalent to DVR, um, not as easy to skip commercials usually. But it's, it's something entirely doable. And something I speculated on a long time ago is that Apple wanted the Apple TV to be the next cable box where it would partner with a company like, well, especially Comcast, which they supposedly were in talks with. And when you sign up for cable, instead of getting this big clunky box, you get an Apple TV instead. And it's pre-configured to, uh, to access uh, that Comcast content with an Apple front end. That apparently did not succeed. Um, although at some point Comcast may come out with their own uh, streaming Apple TV app, I mean, that's something they've already kind of experimented with on other platforms, but, you know, they may come out with their own Apple TV app and you can watch your Comcast content on your Apple TV. And and maybe Apple sees that opportunity and says, well, you know, it'd be easier just to, just to take these things. When the companies decide they want to bring their service to Apple TV, we'll just help the user find it. We'll help organize it for you. And, uh, and I think there are probably ways to do that and and also guard the brand identity. You know, maybe you're browsing through shows. Maybe they organize them by provider or maybe they they slap a Netflix logo over you know, over the show names or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm sure they can do something to uh, basically go to these content providers like Netflix and say, look, 
you know, we, we want to aggregate this stuff. We want to make it easier for your viewers, and we want to entice them to subscribe to your services. You know, maybe you're going through this Apple TV guide, and you see a show on Hulu, and you want to watch that. Like, oh, well, you got to get Hulu. Hulu is the thing to get if you want to watch this. And so maybe that entices uh, more people to subscribe to these kinds of things. And, and in that way, they can work around Comcast, at least on the, uh, the cable end. I guess time will tell how Apple does this, or can they? Or has time passed them by? How much time do they have to do this? Let's move on to other stuff here. There's a story out here I want to ask you about, because we always get involved in security. Two stories, one of which I don't know whether you've heard of. And that is with the key fobs for Volkswagens, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, dating back to 1995, there's a way to hack them now. Have you heard this? No, but we have a Volkswagen, so <laughs> I guess I should hear this. What year is it? 2005. And what model? It's a Touareg. Okay. Well, that's apparently it. If you look online, there's an easy way to hack it. It still requires some kind of direct access to the vehicle, drive-by or something. But now I'm worried, of course, I have a Volkswagen and what's going to happen. But that's not the only car maker whose vehicles can be hacked. You see. So Yeah, these these uh, these wireless uh systems uh tend to not be terribly secure. It's it's one reason why uh, I, I tend to avoid technology like that in my cars. The the Volkswagen was just sort of a right thing at the right time kind of vehicle. And it's a super nice car, but yeah, that's part of the reason I'm leery of things like this. Let me read this story here. This is from Reuters. Tens of millions of vehicles sold by Volkswagen over the past 20 years are vulnerable to theft because keyless entry systems, if you don't have that, don't worry about it, can be hacked using cheap technical devices, according to European researchers. And this is experts at the University of Birmingham in England. They were able to clone VW remote keyless entry controls by eavesdropping nearby when drivers pressed their key fobs to open or lock their cars. And the key is here is that they have to be there and waiting for you. They have to catch you actually using the key fob to open the trunk or the door. Now, with my Volkswagen, to open the door, I have to have the key fob in my pocket, and I just go to the door handle, the front door handle, and open it. No buttons. But if somebody's watching me now, they're going to take my car. Well, if you do, the bank will go after you. That's all. See, I've got the solution, right? There you go. There you go. Never own your car and you never have to worry about it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Let the bank worry about it. Well, you know what? That's going to be it right there. But they're not the only company that's had problems. I think one of the Chrysler Fiat models could be hacked. And I think as they get more and more sophisticated, it's going to be a cat and mouse game with all these systems. Okay, the real issue I wanted to bring up here takes us back to hacking. And now at the Black Hat Conference in Las Vegas, supposedly Apple is offering a bounty of up to $200,000 if you find a bug. Tell me more. Uh, Yeah, uh, so right now it's a very limited uh, invitation-only program, although Apple says that it will, uh, you know, if you find something and go to them, they'll probably bring you inside the program. Um, 
A rich mogul, uh, our security editor at Tidbits, uh, wrote about this and, uh, you know, essentially said, well, it's not a silver bullet for things, but it's, it's a good start uh, to have a positive interaction with that community. And it's, it's also, I think, healthy to have a legal way for security researchers to, to benefit from this. There are, uh, you know, I believe after Apple announced this, I think a black hat uh, company said, "Well, if you if you sell it to us, we'll pay you twice the money," um, which uh, I'm sure some people will take them up on. But you know, if if you weigh the pros and cons, you know, and you you say to yourself, "Okay, well, I can make two hundred thousand dollars from Apple and be off scot free, other than taxes, but I don't have to worry about legal fees or anything like that." Or you know I can sell it for five hundred thousand dollars to this this shady company and I I might get in trouble I might I might spend some time in prison um, you know I think that's a that's a pretty easy uh, calculus to make for well the other people. thing is here if you go to prison you can write the book that's a new <laughs> thing now of course certain people who go to prison for white collar crimes are then able to get out and be like a G Gordon Liddy okay I'm in prison I'll now come out. And now I'll write a best-selling book or two. I'll get a TV talk show. Just think about that, Josh. Yeah, only yeah, but you have to be have a certain level of fame or infamy. Not not every Joe Schmo can do that. You know, G. Gordon Liddy worked for Nixon, so I mean, he he had a he had a foothold in there. You hear? There you go. So of course, G. Gordon Liddy was involved in the Watergate break-in. I should be able to write a book though, because I slept at the Watergate a week before the break-in happened. Oh, hey, my first wife and I were visiting my late uncle, and that uncle used to be a high official in the agriculture department under Eisenhower. So he retired and he got himself a condo at the Watergate. What a coincidence. Small world. It's a small world all the time or something like that. That's a song that somebody really did. Anyway, we were getting into the bounty, but at least Apple's being more proactive about this, which I think is really good. They're being more proactive about trying to stop hackers in their tracks. So that certainly works. Okay, let's move on to a couple of more things before we let you go. And one of them is the constant complaining we're hearing, gee, Apple has only introduced one new Mac this year, a MacBook refresh, I guess, around April. Mm-hmm. And now we're in August, the dog days of summer, I guess we'll see new Macs in the fall. But do you think Apple's sales, Josh Centers, have been hurt? And I'll have you answer that in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, the question on the table. The delay or apparent delay in the release of new Macs other than the MacBook earlier this year, 
Does that mean that sales are suffering? Is that a reason people just sit in the sidelines? Well, looking at the quarterly reports, it looks like Mac sales are down. You know, if you go to the Mac Rumors buying guide, which which is probably the most reliable thing of its sort, other than the MacBook, they're all every Mac is labeled as a don't buy. That so, really helps. And I think it also influences people because if you're at least somewhat in the know and you Google, you know, should I buy a MacBook now? And it takes you to that and you look and it all says don't buy, then you're probably not going to buy one. But yeah, but what percentage of people do that? People, probably a relatively small one. Right. That I mean, it could make the difference between having flat sales and 11% loss. But that's like, what, four, 500,000 people who maybe didn't buy Macs because you're sitting on the sidelines, that's pretty high. I can't imagine that many people would want new Macs this year and are waiting because they went to Mac rumors and saw they shouldn't be buying one now. Well, and also the, the Mac line hasn't changed a whole lot in the past, I don't know, four or five years. Well, I mean, I the retina screens and stuff, but you know, there hasn't been just these huge reasons for normal people to upgrade. You know, and if you're a professional user, and I, I have professional Apple people who have messaged me and like, hey, when should I buy the next MacBook? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know when they're coming out. Um, so there is a tangible frustration in the in the Mac using community over uh, the aging lineup. I suspect uh, they're working on some sort of major overhaul, possibly to the entire line, and that could be the reason why we're seeing this. But there, there's a lot of weird gaps. The uh, the Mac Pro is over like what three years old now, almost three years old. The Apple Display, whatever they called the last one, they've they've killed it. No. Uh, replacement announced um, the uh, what else do we have the uh, meanwhile the old uh, MacBook Pro with the CD drive is still being sold and uh, apparently actually one of their best-selling models still so it's it's just kind of a mess you know and the, the iMac basically looks the same way it has and it's retina now and it's it's gorgeous I love mine to death you know, it's not if you took a, an iMac from I don't know eight years ago and put it next to mine, it, it wouldn't look radically different to the casual observer. So something needs to change. Something needs to be shake shaken up on the Mac lineup. You know, at the very least, they need to come up with some kind of updates for these at some point. It's this is very curious. I don't. I'm not sure we've ever been this long without without a Mac update. What well, is that partly Intel's fault that? The new chips come a little bit late. The difference between the previous year's chip and the new chip is very minor. Maybe it's a smaller die. And maybe for a notebook, it'll give you somewhat better battery life and slightly better performance. But for most people, they'll never notice the difference. Well, where are we at now on the, on the Intel uh, cycle? Are, are we still on Skylake? The next one's KB Lake. Has that been released yet? Okay, I, I got to look it up. I have to look it up here. Yeah, I, I lose track of these things. Late 2016 for uh, KB Lake, which is the uh, the next Intel uh, generation of Intel chips. So and that might be the reason. Might be the reason. Although I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many of the Mac how much of the Mac lamp is Skylake at this point. I, I think the newest iMac Retina iMac is Skylake, but not most of the others. I think yeah. the newest chip was used in the MacBook. Also, Apple supposedly is working on some kind of major upgrade for the MacBook Pro. They're going to have this 
touchscreen layer above the keyboard that's context sensitive in terms of what it shows. Mm-hmm. That's one rumor. And maybe the button is going to be Touch ID. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I've seen the mock-ups. I think I think it's interesting that the mock-up for this thing uses Spotify as an example. Surely Apple wouldn't advertise it that way. They'd have iTunes or Apple Music in there, right? Yeah, let me tell you. I also think the problem is that what can you add to a notebook computer that's going to make it different and unique? Because they're all so good. It's really difficult. So you have this silly... Force touch, which I think is nice, but you know, I've played with it. All right. And then you have this layer, this touch screen layer. I don't know if that's true or not. I could see the touch ID button. Apple should have a fingerprint sensor on the Mac notebooks because not everyone has an Apple Watch to use it that way with Mac OS Sierra. That makes a lot of sense to me. There are certain features that could be added, but it's not like a deal breaker in the scheme of things. I mean, if if I saw this new computer with all these new features and someone said, okay, you can get the used one for $500 less. Is this worth $500 or $300 to you? And I'd say, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, I guess if you're just in the market for something new anyway, I mean, do people really, for the most part, buy new computers, non-mobile computers anymore? Uh, just because they want something new. It seems like most people I know and most people I know of get something that they're happy with and just stick with it. You know, there's not a lot of high demand, high performance computing tasks left. You know, there on the PC and there's gaming. Um, some developers might need something faster. Some video editors might need something faster. But it, it seems like most, the, the vast, vast majority of people, they get. You know, computers are fast enough now. You buy something, you're happy with it, and then when it starts to decay uh, in some way, then you, you know, then maybe you wait for the next generation if it's around the corner. But um, I'm not sure many people upgrade just for speeds and feeds anymore. The speeds aren't really that much better anymore either because Intel's hitting the wall with Moore's Law, which is running out of steam. They have to find some kind of different method there. And the other thing is here, with a Mac, even with Mac OS Sierra, all Macs six years old will run Sierra. Two models of Macs from 2009 will run it. In other words, seven-year-old computers. With iOS, well, it's two and three years for the cutoff for iOS 10. But you know what? That's pretty old. So what Apple is doing here is they're supporting with the newer operating systems, a lot of older hardware. So why do you need to buy anything new if your computer is running good enough? What I have now, I was lucky to get this deal. I'm not giving it away for years. You know, I want to save for the Apple car with autonomous driving because I figure at my age, I'll reach a point where I will not be able to drive safely. And when they take away my license, will I be stranded? Will I depend on my wife to drive? Or will I get the autonomous vehicle if I can afford it. You hear that, Apple? And let it drive me. Josh Centers, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Uh, my articles are on tidbits.com. You can buy my books at takecontrolbooks.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at jcenters. You can find us on Twitter, too, by the way, neighbors. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook if he's the guy with the plaid shirt. 
from 20 years ago. He's probably me. I haven't changed that much, by the way. We have a second radio show about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, and conspiracy theories and more called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And this week we have a former government agent by the name of Walter Bosley who talks about all sorts of things about the secret forces that might be directing our civilization. We'll also be joined by Alejandro Rojas as a surprise guest. And these two get into kind of a heated debate in the latter half of the show. you really dig that. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And we've got a special version of this show to offer you. It's kind of like Hulu and Hulu Plus, and each level gets you something more. So for free, you get the show with the commercials. And for a slight subscription rate, you get Tech Night Owl Plus. That's plus.technightowl.com to check it out, plus.technightowl.com. For a modest subscription rate, you get a commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, just like Hulu is doing it. So it's our answer to Hulu, Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. TechNightOwl.com. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.